<laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome back. Uh, today I'm here with Ralph, and we are going to be talking about kind of a lot, actually. So it's a it's a hodgepodge of everything, and we're covering kind of robbing yourself of relationships because of your own fears, um, how people may perceive the differences in between how different people uh, present as gay or whoever they might be, and just kind of the um, the intricacies of those uh, relationships. So I hope you guys enjoy this as much as we did making it, and stay tuned. Get ready. Three, two, one. There are people who had no choice but to be out yeah. because they were so effeminate that it was oh, obvious that they were gay. So that became the stereotype that all gay people are like that because those are the people that were obviously out. Absolutely. People like yourself who, like, in the 50s and 60s and 70s could blend in. Yeah, absolutely. Then you don't have to come out. So, like, people don't think that gay people are like you because... There have been times in the gay community that I've been told that I'm suppressing my homosexuality by not being, like, more feminine. I've had that happen twice to me, and it was like, I feels like, no, I'm just like myself. I do get more feminine when I like drink. You do, yeah, for sure. But it's like, on a normal basis, I'm like, I'm myself regardless of whether I'm drinking or not. And if I get more feminine, it's like, it's just maybe how like I'm expressing myself at the time, but like, I'm not trying to suppress anything. Like, I'm a very homosexual man. I'm talking about my homosexuality all the time. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, no, but same so sometimes i even feel self-conscious because i feel like i'm being too effeminate or too feminine oh to fit in have you ever but, done, have you ever done the thing where you like um especially okay i do this with straight girls too because i always feel like with women if you they assume that you're a straight man they kind of like not necessarily treat you like shit but they don't their not, guard is up their guard is up so like i will like over infeminate myself to be able to be like, hey, like, oh my gosh, like you have beautiful hair. Like I will go to that level, and then at that point they click and they're like super nice, and you're like, yeah, bitch, like what's your problem? Do you know what it is for me? What's that? It is, um, I don't know if I like don't know myself or what, but I will definitely have an experience where I take on characteristics of who whomever I'm around. Which, okay, so like, so mimicking, like the mimicking is like a very, like a like psychological term where like you're just like people like people like themselves, so you do that. Right, and it fits. but it's not even that. It's I I will mimic the things that I like about people. Okay, so Ooh. like I have uh, one of my friends. I've known him since I was sixteen. Okay, he is like um, I feel like ghetto is a negative term, but. He definitely, like, will get in with, like, the snaps and the girl, yes, and all of those, like, colloquialisms. Okay. And I find that endearing and entertaining. And so when I'm around him or when I'm, like, it's something that I will emulate because I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Because that makes sense because you're yeah. just like, I appreciate that about you. And Right. It's like I take this I take this little piece of you and I have it always. I don't think it's too far from your actual natural personality because you're like, you're relating to a person and then just like, you're just trying to like build connections. Right. Just like, I appreciate this about you. Like, I'm just yeah. a little bit of And this is of how we can communicate. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes it is more effeminate and I have figured out that when I'm around certain people, I'm more effeminate and then I'm around other people, I'm more masculine. Um, I wouldn't. I guess consider myself like ultra masculine by any means. 
but uh, the the last episode, the one about masturbation, it was supposed to be the first episode. Okay. Part of the reason that I did not air it like a ri- like right off the bat was because I was worried that I sounded too gay. Oh, okay. Like was full like... on. <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit, dude, you sound gay as fuck." But it was because of the people that I was around, and that's how I communicate with those people is in a more feminine way. Just like, "Yes, bitch." I do the all the things, and absolutely, yeah. I, I feel like I do the same kind of like the same thing. It's like who you're around because you're just. Like, you're comfortable with those people, so you're able to express those idioms. Like, that's not a word. I actually made up a word. But like, <laughs> hopefully you know what that word means. Um, like, which, like, when you're around them, you just, like, want to be able to relate. So, like, if you're you're naturally... I think people who like other people, not even, like, just in a sexual way, just, like, any kind of, like, a relationship or, like, I, I see you, you just automatically kind of, like, mimic them because you're, like... I want to be on your level. And then they also probably, like, I'm sure they do the same thing to you back. Subconsciously, yeah. And I think, so, what I have heard it called and what I've heard it, like, discussed in with different people is called code switching. Okay. And essentially what that is is that um, you switch the way that you present yourself depending on your environment. And so um, it's something that you'll see in a lot of minority um, people like in minority groups where someone will speak or I'll use black cause I'm black and it's just easy as the way to, to describe it. But you'll have someone who is black and might talk to their black friends and Ebonics and slang because it's most, most comfortable for them to speak to each other, Absolutely. but then they'll have white friends who they will speak to properly because it's what makes them the most comfortable, but it still might not be like completely proper. Then you'll have like the way you talk at work, okay. which is completely different. And it's just switching up the way that you present yourself to fit your environment. I mean, I feel like that happens with kind of like everybody because like with me, like my cousins are super proper. So when I'm around them, I'm very proper. But like growing up, like I was in Monroeville, Indiana. I was friends with most of the people, like from like the trailer, the trailer park. People from the trailer park were like my best friends, and they definitely had like slang in their talk. And I was like around then, I was trying to be a badass. Well, I, I am a badass bitch. <laughs> like I definitely spoke differently around them than when I did with my cousins because my cousins, I felt were like very judgmental. Which I don't know. Like it's definitely just like different part of the groups you communicate differently with, and I feel like that's kind of like a natural human interaction kind of a little bit. Because I, I definitely do that. Yeah, truly. But, I, yeah, I feel like not even just like it's with race, but I think it is with like code switching is huge for gay people because we live in a world, even still today, where if you're too gay, you might not be received as positively is like so like it's it's not socially acceptable right now to like be homophobic it is socially acceptable right now to be like femphobic and so it's not okay to be like ralph why are you gay it is okay and i mean in a lot of circles still to be like ralph you're a little gay Uh, yeah absolutely or for someone to even like even come up to you who you might not naturally present as someone who is f- 
feminine just by the look of you because you are muscular because you're taller and you have broader shoulders and you are like more handsome than pretty okay snick and comment or compliment hurts out uh, <laughs> but so like someone looking at you might be like oh he's like he might be straight or he's like mask and you're just like no i can like snap my fingers too and they're like I'm great at if fingers. you don't snap your fingers you're hiding the fact that you're gay and you're like no i'm not this is just who i am there was this instance yesterday actually so i oh mm. it's fresh yeah, it's very fresh because I don't think I've ever had this experience. Place I work, there's a barrier, and then there's the nurse's station. And one of the residents' family members came in, and they were talking, and I think they assumed that I was straight. So they started having the conversation about like being gay, and, and the family member, she was like, "I saw these two girls. They were making out, and then they started talking more into it. And they're like, do you think it's like being gay is a choice?' Which in my head, I'm like. You're going to say the right thing. You're going to say the thing that I think of, like, I think everybody says, and they're like, I don't think it's a choice. I think that they should, uh, like, turn it, turn it back a little bit. And in my head, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I don't remember, like, I've never been in that situation, but they assumed that I was straight. So it was like. So they felt comfortable making, like, judgmental statements because they assumed that you were straight and it was like a safe space for them to criticize gay people. Absolutely. Yeah. It was and... different. But, and, and the thing was, it was like, do you think this is a choice or do you think that they, um, like, what do you think about that? And the residents, family members, it was like, it's sin. It's just because of sin. And I'm like, what kind of answer is that? I'm... It's the, so like, I feel, and this is for me coming from a religious family, not oppressively religious, but still like where I get how religious people think. Um, and I mean, you know, I pray over my food every time I eat. Absolutely. I've seen you like every time. <laughs> and I have family members who are like, I have a great aunt and how it all boils down. I'll give you like a background in my little like extended family. Okay. So my mom's grandfather was a pastor of a church of like a Baptist oh, church. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> And her mom died when she was six or five. Yeah, she was five, I think. And so she, from the age of five until she was 18, was raised by her grandparents. <laughs> so um, so that was engraved in her. Um, but she's very secular. Like, both of her children were born out of wedlock. We're bastards. I'm a bastard. Have, yeah, I was going to say, I have absolutely no qualms about it whatsoever. Um, I think I used to be upset that I didn't have my dad's last name, but I'm, I don't give a fuck. But, um, her aunts, however, were like raised that way. So they are very much so like the church people, like they go to church every Sunday. I think my great aunt is a deaconess, which is why she like says some of these things. And there was a rift between my mom and my great aunt when I came out because my great aunt would say things like, well, you know, being gay is a sin and you'll go to hell if you're gay. And my mom is the type of person that will be like, well, you have a child out of wedlock. Like you're not pristine. Exactly. And 
I, I, I know that my great aunt loves me. Like I'm fully aware of that, but, and my mom and I had this conversation and it like doesn't really bother me. So I never really like dug deep into it, but my mom, I think it does bother her. And she said that she, she truly believes that like, it's from a place of love where my great aunt is like, I want, I'm going to heaven. I have faith that I'm going to heaven when I die. And I also want you to go to heaven. And so I need you not to do these things so that you can go to heaven. You absolutely get that. And that was like, and I, yeah. Well, I mean, with my situation, like the entire, the entire thing happened, right? Like not necessarily in front of me because there was a blockage. So like, maybe I wasn't even like seen as like being presented to the group or maybe like I wasn't supposed to like overhear it. But yeah. like when everybody left too, I'm like, I'm going to be kind to you because I understand where you're coming from. So she left and instead of being like bitter towards like anybody, I was just like, you know, have a good day. Like I get that. Right. But like in in my head, I'm just like, you know, there's people who are afraid to come out. There's somebody like more feminine that you are judging or like <sighs> my fear is that she's going to go and she's going to see these comments around somebody who doesn't have the resources that most people have or like family or like friends. And this person's going to hear what this person says and just be like, Oh, the world's such a bad place. And then go and like cause self harm or like, um, spend the next like 10 years in therapy, which I mean, everybody should be in therapy anyway. So like, <laughs> but I mean, I will say that shameless plug IYG. I don't know what my life would be like today if I didn't have that place. So when I came out or when my mom found out I was gay, it was very much so like not okay. Like I, she didn't beat me and she never made me feel unloved, but there was definitely like this thing of like, we need to fix this. And so she had me go to therapy. And by that point I had like these lesbian friends and they had mentioned IYG, but like I, um, but my mom was kind of overprotective and it's because my sister has cerebral palsy. And so like six years younger, like she just like works from home. So like there was always someone there. Right. Oh yeah. Um, so very overprotective and for good reason, but definitely like had to make me be creative in ways to be in trouble. That's definitely one of the ways that I got lucky as far as like coming out my family everybody like every one of my siblings i had five siblings and like just about every one of them had like a gay friend wait you I'm, have five well i'm the fifth so there's, oh, there's okay. four others there's four <laughs> i was we, like i feel like a, i have a stepsister we count her sometimes okay 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 <laughs> so like me coming out it was like i think the, the hardest person first of all i posted it on myspace because you i'm posted you're coming out on myspace because i knew Were my, your siblings in your top eight well, they, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Well, some of some of them. Becky was not the time. She's she's up there, but <laughs> I knew my sister in law was going to see it, and she was going to tell the rest of the family, which is exactly what happened. <laughs> and the most awkward conversation was with my brother, and he was like, "Hey, let me drive you to your house." I'm like, "Okay," which is across town. Wait, how old were you? At this point, I was probably like. 14, 15. Okay. So it was like still fairly young. And Is this when you had your little like Justin Bieber hair? Oh, for sure. <laughs> got like whiplash every time, every day. So <laughs> I remember driving in the truck and my brother is like kind of a redneck kind of dude. And he's like, <laughs> which he has a gay friend too, but right. I, didn't, I didn't know this at the time. He's like, so you like dick, huh? I'm like, <laughs> yep. He's like, okay. <laughs> and that was the conversation. And then 
I found out like kind of years later that my my older sister, who was like really accepting at the time, she didn't know one of her best friends was gay, and she went through this like entire like church phase where she's like, "Oh, gay guys are are, are gay men are going to hell," like everything like that, and then she like. Once her, she found out her friend was like her best friend, very very best friend was gay. She like clicked out like out of it and like kind of like found this part of her, and she's like, I'm so ashamed of that part of myself that like thought yeah. about anything. But it was like a very small town. Are they still friends? Oh, they're best friends. Oh. Uh, he lives in. Uh, let me just say, like, uh, I think he's in California. He's like been in like New York and Chicago, and he's yeah. finally finally in California, and they still will talk for hours on the phone and like. They she goes to visit him and they usually do it around Halloween and they dress up like have like couples like they dress up like cat people I don't know I had to explain <laughs> it they have some weird you know, like outfits so but I think that's adorable yeah and I mean I'm ha- I'm happy that their relationship survived because a lot of people's relationships don't but I mean I was lucky enough to like have IYG where I could like go and meet gay friends I will say that I because of that and it's not really a negative but because of that a lot of the people that i created really close friendships with were gay and then i didn't really have a lot of straight friends but it was because i knew that like these people i could trust and i created like you said i created a wall of not knowing if i if like straight people would accept me for who i was and so i just assumed that they wouldn't and so instead of letting them hurt my feelings i just like didn't allow it to happen or no, those absolutely. interactions to happen no i get that 100 percent. i don't know if this is going to make it into it but i'm going to definitely say it but like i went to so i joined the air force guard and when i went to my tech school uh i well first of all bmt like you are going to be like in situations where you have like open showers and like you're gonna be naked and like sleeping around like other dudes and i ended like i came out like right away because i'm just like i don't care that you guys know that i'm gay and if you're gonna join a branch of the military the air force is probably the most accepting like uh like honest like best place to like join because i like i never had any issues being gay i remember my best friend diza like he was friends with me before then he like found out like i was gay and he's like my little brother's gay he's like he's like give me a fucking hug i'm like yeah I'm like oh and then like you get to tech school which is like what happens after bmt and it's like uh like everybody like for first of all like i'm a, like there's quite a few like lgbtq like people in the military like or the air force i should say because it's my only experience but it's like it was such an eye-opening welcoming kind of environment to come into because i'm like nobody cares that i'm gay here like it was so great i don't know that was my experience with that so that's awesome i'm i'm very happy that you have that experience because i feel that the expectation people is that like they (laughs) don't want to go into these established places because they don't think that they will have that camaraderie and i think that the military is a huge one And I think that um, one thing that, I mean, I don't know a lot of veterans that I'm not related to, honestly. I know some, but not like a lot. And all of, I think I had a similar feeling with my family. So I will say that I personally distanced myself from my family because I assumed that they would treat me a certain way for being gay. Okay. 
and it wasn't the case at all. I can remember one story. Um, a girl that I went to high school with who knew that I was gay started dating my cousin, like, randomly. Like, so my cousin and I didn't even go to the same <laughs> high school. I don't know how she met him, but they're they're dating, right? And she, like, came back, and she was like, oh, yeah, I got this boyfriend, and she, like, tells me his name, and I'm like, oh, that's my cousin. And she goes, what? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, like, you, I feel like a lot of people say, like, cousin, and it's not really their cousin. But, like, I was, real cousin. Yeah, I was like, this is legitimately, like, my cousin. And she was like, oh, okay, cool. And she was like, um, so then later she said that she, like, asked about me, and he was like, yeah, that's my cousin, and I was, I expected there to be something other than love there because I I didn't know and I, I really didn't once I came out I didn't I didn't really interact with my family because I assumed that they would feel some type of way about me being gay or they wouldn't accept me or they wouldn't love me the same. And a lot of my cousins are all super close. And okay. I feel like I don't have that with them because of something that I did. And they have never treated me with wow. anything but love. Wow. So like, genuinely speaking, like... So completely opposite of what you thought it was going to be. Yeah. And these are, like, my second cousins. Now, I have a first cousin who is, like, my, my aunt's son. And I'm, like, getting kind of emotional. I'm, not, I'm getting a little worked up. And it's because, like, like, he calls me his little brother. Oh. So, like, deeper, like... That was supposed yeah. to be, like, a more, like, a, oh, like... No. Yeah. He, like, posted something. It was, like, you know what I mean? It's like, it obviously wasn't for fanfare. It, it was genuinely how he felt. And he was like, this is my little brother. And yeah. I almost cried. And I was just like, this is what I robbed myself of because I was afraid that I wouldn't be accepted. But, like, in reality, though, he probably didn't care. Like, mm. He doesn't give a fuck at all. And I'm... <sighs> These Almost, walls we build, why do I we know. build them? I am 100% ah. certain <laughs> that if anyone were to, like, fuck with me or mess with me for being gay, he would be, like, one of the people that would have my back. Man, it's just, like, I feel bad because I, like, I know I hear these stories of, like, families not accepting them for being gay, but I've never had that. I'm just like, how do you, like, do that? I'm like, And I have really good friends now, but I'm just like... I mean, I, I don't know, like, small town, you have to wait till 21 to be able to go to a bar. So, like, because you're like, I'm going to turn 21 and go to a gay bar, and it's going to change my entire life because we're all these gay people. And then you get to the bar, and you're like, mm, this is creepy. Like, hey, <laughs> keeps staring at me. I'm not comfortable with this. And then, like, that's the gay community for you until you meet people your own age or, like, you, you like, or, like, other gay friends that aren't, like, well, I won't say weird because I'm fucking weird, so I appreciate <laughs> other weird people, but like weird in your own way. And it's like. Well, not like creepy. You have to wait so long to be able to get that. And I didn't have IYG, and like I. Like the concept of it, I appreciate it so much. And like. Yeah. I didn't have that, so I had to wait until later later on to be able to even have like friends that were gay. Minus, uh, this is, uh, when I think when I came out, like, Adam for Adam was a thing, which oh, is dude. on the computer. We didn't even have it on our phones, man. Oh, yeah, no. Okay, so, <laughs> I definitely had an Adam for Adam, might still now. It's a new one, is not still? the same. Okay. It's still a thing, though. But, I mean, I had a gay.com. <laughs> and instead, he's going to look that up later. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I, again, I have one. Hmm. Uh, but I had I had a Manhunt. I had an Adam for Adam. I had a Gay.com. And... I remember Gay.com. Manhunt, I kind of remember the ads for it. I don't think I ever had... Like, that's wait how old are you you're three years younger than me right yes you're so the same age as my my next oldest sister becky becky i fucking love becky she's a cancer too perfect yeah you guys um, that's why you love me so much yeah but i also hate you no, i'm just kidding i feel like she's your favorite i'm not gonna lie she's my favorite sometimes <laughs> <laughs> depends it depends it seems like a very cancer thing so she's very outgoing i'm very virgo to like get along with everybody so <laughs> but um i had a gay.com when i was 16 yeah okay. and it would be because at the time like so i was out in high school because as soon as my mom found out i just didn't give a fuck about anyone else knowing really yeah and it was one of those things that was i was i was feminine enough to where it was like people already had assumptions about yeah. me being gay. And it was just like, oh, yeah, I actually am. Surprise. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I was horny then, as horny as I am now. So I definitely had a gay.com when I was 16. And it was, like, one of those things where, like, you say you're 18 and then you're like, actually, I'm 16. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Surprise. <laughs> and, um... I had, didn't have any lasting friendships from the 16-year-old time because people were definitely, like, as they should be, <laughs> were like, oh, fuck, you're 16, block. Block. As they should be. Good for them. At the time, I didn't appreciate it. Now I completely understand. But when I turned, when I actually turned, like, 21, I would say, is when, like, those started, like, creating lasting friendships. Okay. And I met one friend whose name was Franklin. And he was the shit. I loved Franklin. He's this little, <laughs> this little guy from Guam, and he had moved to Indiana. And we were friends for years. And I had okay. met him on Gay.com because I thought he was cute. Yeah. And then we just met one time, and we just ended up clicking as friends, and it was all gravy. And um, we were friends until he passed away. Wow. Yeah. And then there was another guy who was... was a turn I wasn't expecting. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mean to laugh. Uh, as he laughs. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, no. We were we were friends for a very long time. Like, um, I had met his family and his Auntie Pat. His sister was amazing. They're all pretty dope. And then the other friendship that I had that lasted for years was with an older guy. So I was 22 and he was 35. Okay. At the time. And we were friends until six years ago. So okay. we were friends for like quite some time. Okay. And then we stopped being friends. And I think there was just like a difference in maturity there where I expected him to be more mature because he was older. But and we, like, stopped being friends. As we um, know in the gay community, some people never know. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? You're freaking out. But I will say that a lot of the times when you don't have those... When you don't have people that are your own age, you search in anywhere that you can because subconsciously you just want to find someone that you can talk about sucking dick with. Absolutely. Or... The guy that you thought was cute that is at the bar. 
it's like friends are close to therapy like if you haven't like i don't know if like you have enough friends like you don't need therapy because i think like sometimes i'd say to the therapist because like bitch you can't like get mad at me and then tell everybody this happened (laughs) but like but like friends like friends where you're like would you feel open enough to yourself to be able like with these people and it like just relieves this stress because it's like you're not the only one going through this experience called life alone you're like with these people going through similar situations that are like the important situations and you finally make it and you're like, guess what happened to me? And then they're excited too because they're like, I would love if that happened to me. And then they tell you something and you're like, I would love if that happened to me. And like, there's just like great like camaraderie uh, between like just human beings coming together. Like it's my favorite thing in the world is just like people, I guess. Yes. So. And I feel, I feel that part of that, especially for like a gay person or someone who is other, so whether you're gay, bisexual, queer, it is you don't feel comfortable having those conversations with your straight friends. Yeah, because I mean, like, I feel like I've had conversations about my situations with some of my straight friends, and then I've gotten the like, I feel uncomfortable talking about this, and I'm like, oh, well, I thought we were actually on that level already. <laughs> my bad. My bad. <laughs> Let me uh, go back a little bit. Let me not talk about slobbing on some big bites. Like, just <laughs> I, I thought you would get it, but and you just picture a girl in the situation, but you don't have that <laughs> imagination. So my bad. Right, and I remember, I remember when I was old enough to have like sexual conversations, but like with when I had like some straight friends, and I would just like talk about it, and they'd be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" And I'd be like, "I don't flinch when you talk about pussy." Like yeah. I'm just like, "Oh, okay, that's fine." So, like, I just expected the same from them, right? Yeah. It doesn't happen every time. I no. mean, it happens sometimes. It does happen sometimes. They'll just be like, oh, okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, I want to thank you guys again for tuning in. Um, it's always interesting to, like, explore those vulnerable sides of myself. But I want to thank Ralph for being here, you know, kind of talking those things through with me. And, um, yeah, I think the moral of the story, or at least part of the story is have faith in people and, uh, don't automatically expect the worst because if you do, you might lose out on some of those really special things, but I want to, um, per usual, I want to thank you all for listening and tune in in two weeks will be the last episode of season one. We're going to take a little break so that I can, um upgrade some things and get ready for season two coming in march it'll be an exciting ride and uh see you in two weeks